Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. So thankful to have this opportunity to do so each day right here on Search the Scriptures. We appreciate your interest in learning God's Word and wanting to learn more about God, about His Word, about Jesus, about heaven, about eternity, about your spiritual life. So many people are going around, in, uh, especially in our, country, our culture here in this country, at such a busy pace that they really give little, if any, thought, and many of them give virtually no thought to their relationship with God. They don't think about their spiritual lives. It just doesn't enter their mind, or at least if it does, barely at all. And so I'm thankful that so many have wanted to learn more, have wanted to think about where you are with your, in your relationship with God, where you are spiritually. This life is going to pass rapidly, and the older a person gets, the more rapidly it seems to pass. Now, there are always 60 minutes in every hour and 24 hours in every day, and there are always 12 months in every year, and there are always 10 years in every decade, and we could go on and on. But as time passes in our lives, it seems as though the clock ticks faster and faster. The hands go round in a greater and greater speed. Now, as that happens, then people begin to reflect upon their past lives, and they come to realize, often at least, that they have lost so much time-wise and opportunity-wise. And that time and those opportunities can never be called back. They're already gone. How do we face the years, the decades ahead, if we still have decades ahead? We need to turn our thoughts. We need to turn our hearts. We need to turn our focus to God. Here on Search the Scriptures, we try to help you come to God. Now, we're not going to tell you to lay your hands on the radio. We're not going to tell you to say some particular prayer that you cannot find in the scriptures, and then everything's going to be okay. You can just keep on with your life however you're going. We want to help you learn God's word. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And we want to help you have real faith. We want to help you grow that faith to the point where you come to God according to his will, according to his teachings, not just through a warm, fuzzy feeling, or not just because some preacher or clergy person tells you that you've come to God, but according to what you have, can read and understand and have confidence in, in the scriptures, God's word. As we study together each day, your knowledge in God's word should be growing. And as your knowledge grows, your faith should be growing as well. And our prayer is that ultimately you will make up your mind that you want to come to God all the way, his way. As you learn in the scriptures that you need to repent of your sins. Luke, uh, uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And that in repenting, you need to confess your faith in Christ openly, as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verses 32 and 33 and that you need to surrender to him in baptism for the remission of your sins. As we read from the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6, and verse, verses 3 through 5, and, and what Peter told the Jews gathered on Pentecost almost 2,000 years ago uh, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, and what the 
what the Ananias told Saul of Tarsus, who would later become the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. And then you begin a new life, as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. You become a new creation spiritually, and you begin that new life and that new walk in Christ. And that ultimate path leads you to eternal life with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven. Now, we'd love to help you as much as we can take that path, finish that walk, and end up in eternity with God in heaven. If you would like to receive a free Bible study through the mail, at the end of the program, we'll tell you how to contact us, and you can receive that free Bible study. And it will teach you these basics about how God wants you to come to him and how he wants you to live your life after you come to him. Because coming to him and being reborn spiritually is just the beginning. That's the beginning of a new life. And so the scriptures will teach you how to live that life in faithfulness before God. Have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. And at the end of the program, we'll tell you how to contact us. And you can request that free Bible study. All you have to do is ask, and we will send it to you. It is free, and we'll even take care of the postage. So be ready for that, and we'll give you all of that information in just a little bit. Today, I want us to begin a new series of studies. I want to talk about the church. And I want to talk about it from a personal perspective for each one of us. Now, a lot of people think of church and they think of formality. They think of a place that they really don't care to be at much. Well, a lot of that is because they think of the church building as the church. And that's not the church. That's the building where the church meets. The church is the people who have come to Christ through faith and obedience, being baptized into him. And then in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, he adds those to his church. The church is what we are, or at least what we're supposed to be. And again, a lot of people, they think of it as some place they had to go when they were growing up because mom and daddy made them go. Unfortunately, not that many mama and daddies still make their children, and I, that's a bad way to put it. They don't lead their children to be with the church and study in Bible classes and listen to lessons being taught and the scriptures being explained because mom and daddy don't go themselves. And that's sad. That's a sad development in a negative direction in our culture. Now, why is the church here on this earth? Why is the church here, right here in this area? Well, the church was established on this earth, and it is here in this area as a result, to proclaim the hope of the gospel to a humanity, and that means you and me and everybody else in this world, that is in desperate need of forgiveness, redemption, and salvation. Mankind outside of Christ is lost spiritually. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way. Now he's speaking of himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father 
except through me. So Jesus is the only way to God. He's the only way to forgiveness and salvation. He's the only way to eternal life. And so many people are walking away from Jesus instead of embracing him, instead of coming to him and coming in him. The church is here on this earth. The church is here in this area as a result of being on this earth because God planned it to be here and sent his son to establish it. Jesus said that when he was talking to his apostles shortly before his betrayal and and crucifixion. He said, upon this rock, I will be, and the rock of faith, belief in him, I will build my church and the powers of death shall not prevail against it or keep it from coming to be. Jesus came here on a mission and establishing his church on this earth was part of that mission. And then as he was ascending back to heaven, in Mark chapter 16 and verses 15 and 16, he told the apostles to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. As Matthew recorded that great commission that our Lord issued to the apostles, and of course that's our commission as well today, those of us who have become his followers, faithful and obedient followers, Matthew recorded his words, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth, or the end of the age. Amen. When Peter was defending the faith in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, He told those who were challenging him at that time, the Jewish officials, that forgiveness and that nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the only Savior, and without him as our Savior, we are hopeless. We are lost in our sins. A lot of people don't like to hear that. They don't like the idea of such finality and dogmatism as to the truth. In fact, a whole lot of people don't like the idea of there being absolute truth. But that does not change the fact that there is absolute truth. And one point of absolute truth is that there is no salvation. There is no forgiveness. There is no redemption. There is no hope for eternity outside of Jesus Christ, God's Son and our Lord and Savior. Now the church is here to proclaim that message of hope, of forgiveness, of redemption, of salvation. When Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, he said, For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom, its own wisdom, did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. God's plan for spreading the gospel is a simple plan. Now, some people might think it's so simple that it's too simple, and they're too sophisticated to buy into it, to simply submit themselves 
to hearing the gospel proclaimed by a preacher or a gospel teacher in a church service. Well, they need to wake up. They're not nearly as sophisticated as is God, who is the author of that very simple and direct plan for spreading the gospel message. The church is key. In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 8, the Apostle Paul wrote, To me, who am less than all who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. So Paul says he had been commissioned, he had been blessed with the opportunity and the ability to preach the gospel of Christ to the Gentiles. Now, he also preached it to the Jews. And then he goes on and says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God, and that wisdom of God that is embodied within the gospel message of salvation, might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh my! God's plan for the spread of the gospel from the beginning was for the church to be established and the church to communicate that message of forgiveness and salvation. Oh, God is so far-reaching all-knowing and almighty. The church is here for a purpose. It's here by God's design, by his plan. And so when people start to diminish in their minds and in their speech their need for the church, oh, how foolish they are being, how short-sighted they are. And even though they don't realize it, how manipulated they are being by the devil himself. Oh, the devil doesn't want the church to be powerful, to be strong, to be influential. He wants people to not be a part of the church. But the church was established on this earth. And as a result, the church is here in this area to proclaim that very hope that the gospel message embodies the hope of forgiveness, the hope of salvation, the hope of eternal life, the hope of a new beginning. And we're not talking about hope as some wild, wishful, unrealistic dream. We're talking about the desire plus the expectation. And that's what real New Testament hope is. And the church is here to communicate that message of hope in a world that is so desperately in need of real hope. The church is not a social club. Now, if you kind of observe the activities and the announcements of a lot of churches, it might seem like, boy, they sure have this 
incredible focus on social activities. To some extent, that's okay, but the, the church is not a social club. And if that's the main focus of any church, then that church is missing the mark. Now, the church certainly has social characteristics. We come together. We worship together. We become family together on the spiritual side of life, brothers and sisters in Christ. And that, that term fellowship, that embraces, to some degree at least, a social aspect where we become family, family. So the church is not a social club, and its main purpose is not to be engaged in primarily social activities, but we do have social characteristics. We need one another. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and through 25, the Hebrews writer talks about how First, we need to hold on to our faith without wavering. And then we also need to encourage one another unto good works. Good works on the spiritual side of life. And the answer to both of these questions as to how do I accomplish this is found in verse 25 of Hebrews chapter 10 where he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but all the more as you see the day approaching. So there, a lot of people have said there is strength in numbers. <laughs> well, there is strength in being together in Christ, worshiping together, studying together, encouraging one, an one another together. And that is a natural kind of product that comes by us being together and worshiping together as the church on a regular basis, not hit or miss, not once or twice or three times a year, or not just on special occasions, but on a consistent weekly and even more, and more uh, uh, frequent than that, if we can, more frequent basis than that, if we can follow through on that, that kind of basis on a regular weekly basis. We need to be together as the church. We need to feed off of one another spiritually as family, the family of God. Now the church is also not a business. <laughs> Again, yeah, you might get kind of a skewed view of how some churches operate uh, and it might seem like it's, you know, kind of more of a business-like setting and organization than what the scriptures teach the, church, the, the focus of the church should be. Now, the church has to do business to function in our society, but it is not primarily a business. Think about the passage of scripture that we referred to a few moments ago. On the birthday of the church we see it come into existence, Acts chapter 2, the, on Pentecost. And then you see in the last several verses of Acts chapter 2, the growth, the formulating of the church as the body of Christ, as the spiritual family of God, coming together and being the church. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, we read that the church 
the church was praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So think about that last statement. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So the church is not primarily a social club. It is not primarily a business. It is a bastion of the saved in a world that is lost and without hope outside of Christ. A bastion of the saved in a world that is lost and without hope outside of Christ. One of the blessings that we have in this world, and especially in this country, is our medical system. Now, I know we may look at the medical system and we may say, oh, it needs to be improved here and it needs to be improved there, and that's probably correct. But how blessed we are to be able to have hospitals to go to, to have doctors to reach out to and attend us, attend to us in our physical needs. Where would we be without hospitals? Where would we be without clinics, without doctors and nurses? We all recognize the need for those necessities in our physical life. Well, I want us to think about in this particular study of the church being a spiritual hospital for sick souls. A spiritual hospital for sick souls. We may not always think about ourselves from the spiritual side of life as being, as having sick souls. But anyone who has not yet been forgiven through Christ is spiritually sick. Their souls are in jeopardy. The church is here to help them to be healed spiritually. And so there's the idea of doctors on the physical side of life and hospitals on the physical side of life being places of healing. Well, let's think about the church being a place of spiritual healing, spiritual hospital for sick souls. I do pray that you'll continue to study with us in this particular line of study. Until next time, jot down that information that we're going to give you in just a few moments as to how to contact us, and then contact us and ask for that free Bible study. We'll send it to you. We'll take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free, and we'll take care of the postage. These materials can help with your healing spiritually. We hope to hear from you right away.